talking about a man called Michael Spalding. Not a Christian man, um, but and not a man you've probably ever heard of before. He is a marathon swimmer um, with over 30 years of experience in swimming Hawaii channels. He's swum, um, he swum, you know, all the smaller channels, and he built himself up over many years swimming and and doing the distances, and and just uh, all building up to one particular channel that he wanted to swim. In 2009, there is uh, a channel, uh, a long channel between two of the the major islands of 33 miles long, and he built himself up to swim that. He had prepared himself, he'd done everything that he needed to do, and he gave himself a boat and a kayak escort, so he prepared everything for, for what he needed to do, and he set out to, to just swim from one shore to another, just like was his purpose for and, and his desire for many, many years. Ten miles from the shore, so he'd already done over two-thirds of the distance, he was attacked by a cookie-cutter shark which was just two feet long. And it took a chunk out of his leg. It took him five months to heal from this attack. And it took him another two years before he decided to make another attempt. Five hours from the end of his second attempt, he ran into a Portuguese man of war, Jellyfish, which stung him and he pushed on. He, the pain subsided a few hours later, and then three miles from shore, in the dark, he was bumped by a fish, which scared him quite a lot. But he ended up making it in February 2011 after swimming for 19 hours and 43 minutes. The purpose of the story is not to say what a great man this was. It's not to say that you can overcome adversity. It's not to say that you just keep, keep going and you'll, you'll eventually get to your goal. The purpose of letting you know that story is that the ocean is a dangerous place. The longer you're out in the water, the more chance that there is that something will go wrong. You see, the ocean is not just dry and barren with... Uh, barren is probably the wrong word but it's not dry and, and, and doesn't have anything in it, but it has all sorts of creatures in it that don't always like other things coming into their domain. And when you're in the boat, when you're in a boat, a boat is where we are safe from everything that goes on around us. A boat allows us to cross oceans, to cross seas, to cross big expanses of water safely because a boat is the refuge from the storms of life from the storms that go on around us. If you start swimming outside of a boat, the seas might look calm. It might be a nice day, the, the water is just nicely, the sun's reflecting off the water nicely. You might get wet and refreshed on a hot day. It provides cool, it provides, um, provides a refreshing. And then get straight back into the boat afterwards. And there's no harm done in that, Right? You're still back in the safest place on the sea. So the next time, you're tempted to swim a bit further. And you go out a bit further from the boat. You know, everything was fine last time. You go for a bit more of an excursion. You, you travel a bit further. And you're still well within reach of the boat and can swim back quickly and easily no matter what happens. 
And so you get back safely again, and everything seems good. You stay in the boat for a while, and it's like you never left at all. Until another hot day comes, and a bit of pressure, a bit of, bit of heat comes into your life, and you swim a little further. You can still see the boat in the distance, but the weather, the surroundings can change in an instant. There's many things that happen out or can happen out in the, the ocean that you may not be aware of. Things like hypothermia, things like sunstroke, things like dehydration, yes, in water, dehydration. Exhaustion, you can expend all of your energy and then not have enough to get back to the boat. There's tidal drift, you can get some incredibly fast um, uh, water currents that can come and just take you in a direction that you didn't want to go. A storm could come out of nowhere and take you by surprise. And then there's things like sharks and sea snakes. The ocean is a very dangerous place. And when you go out into the water, you can't always make it back to the boat. The more you go out, you, the, dangerous, the more dangerous that it is. And you've probably caught an on. I'm not just talking about physical swimming in the ocean. We're talking about the boat that is the church, the boat that is Jesus that we need to be in. If I could get you to talk to Ma- uh, turn to Matthew chapter 14, and we'll start at verse 22. We're going to talk a little bit about walking on water. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. He basically ordered them. He he forced them to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. This is completely miraculous. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. You may think that you can walk on water, rise above everything and everyone else and every situation on your own, but you would be wrong. Only Jesus can walk on water. Because of who he is, he can't help but rise above every storm and every situation above this world that we are rising above in the church. But it's not the same for us. Even Peter, who was given specific leave from Jesus to walk on the water, got distracted and started to sink. And Jesus was standing right there in front of him. Don't you think that if anyone was going to get it right, it would be someone right there with Jesus and having been given a specific approval by Jesus to get out of the boat? So why do people think that they can survive out of the boat, out of the church, when getting out of the boat takes you further away from Jesus, who is the captain of the boat, 
And you will be rebelling against specific instructions from Jesus to stay in the boat. In Hebrews 10 and 23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, giving encouragement to one another, helping one another out, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We can see the day approaching. <laughs> we, the Lord has given so many um, prophecies, tongues, interpretations, that He's coming back soon. And that's true. He is coming back soon. Each day that we're on this earth, it's one day closer to when Jesus comes back. It goes on, For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a sudden fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. It's a scary thing when we're outside of the boat. When you're in the boat, the storms of life that would drown you just lift you and the church higher as you are safe and protected from destruction. Yes, you might get wet from the boisterous storms and waves. There might be an effect on you. You might be afraid for your life as you get tossed up and down on the storm and the waves. You might not be able to see which way you are going and have no idea what direction to take, but you're in the boat. You're safe. And there's one steering the ship who does know where he, where, where both he and you are going. When you're in the boat, you're safe from predators in the water. This isn't some two-bit little dinghy where a shark or a crocodile could come and capsize the boat and drag you overboard. The ship we're in is more like a battleship, one that's protected from all enemies and harm. But that's only as long as you stay inside the boat. Out in the ocean on your own, you're helpless and might as well wear a sign saying, eat me alive, please. We have a predator already hunting us and if we step out of the boat, we're easy prey. What does 1 Peter 5.8 say? Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We need to keep close to Jesus. When we get outside of the church, when we get outside of where God has called us to, then we're in very, very dangerous place. When you're in the boat, you can't drown. How's that for the most insightful comment of the year? But it's true. When you're in the boat, you can't drown. Of course you can't drown when you're in the boat. But when you're outside of the boat, the cares of life and people can drag you down, exhaust you until you go down for the third time. And when you, the further you go down into the ocean, the darker it gets. The further you go down, it, there's no light. You can't see anything. There's no way to know which way is up or down because there's no light. There's nothing penetrating down that far. But when you're in the boat, you're protected and lifted up above any weariness. You're not trying to tread water. You're not putting in all of your effort in there because there's someone lifting you up. There's, a, there's the church lifting you up out of the world. The world can't drag you down to your spiritual death if you stay in the church. In the church, in the boat, there is protection and support from both Jesus and the other church members 
who care about you as well. Some people get to think that the people in the church don't care about them. That's not true. They can never be more further from the truth. But sometimes we get into places in our lives where we where we just can't feel the love of God and the things of life might be pressing on us and we start to think things that are not true. Satan whispers in our ear, but when we stay in the church, we will come through to the other side. People who leave the church aren't strong in walking and following Jesus one day and then just make a choice to leave for good the next day. I'm going to say that again. People who leave the church aren't strong in walking and following Jesus one day and then just make a choice to leave for good the next day. There's always something going on underneath the surface for a while beforehand. Sometimes it's for months. Sometimes it's for years. But that person allows some bitterness or unforgiveness or rebellion to fester and to grow. And then that person starts to withdraw themselves spiritually and then physically afterwards. You see, the church is still as loving and caring as it has always been, but something has changed within that person. It hasn't changed within the church. It hasn't changed with Jesus, but something has changed within that person themselves, and they can't feel that love anymore. So they start moving towards the outer edge of the boat, and they gradually get to the railing on the edge. And then that's not enough. They, they think, well, you know, nothing's happening here. They eventually grab a rope and start hanging over the side. They're trying to get as far away from the boat as they can while still trying to stay in the boat. They can't bear to be in the boat anymore, but they're still trying to hang on. They still know what's right and where they need to be. They're still coming along to church, but their heart is not really there. And when the first storm of life comes along, especially if it comes from a brother or sister in the church, in the boat, there's no protection from the boat because they're not truly in it. They're just along for the ride now. And the storm will just confirm what they've believed for a long time, that the church doesn't care about them and that Jesus doesn't care about them. But it wasn't Jesus that threw them off the boat. It wasn't the people in the church that threw them out either. But they made the choice themselves to withdraw from fellowship and closeness to Jesus. Don't let your story be the same as everyone else that has left the church. I was just talking to my mother on Friday. And she brought up someone who was in the church um, while I was in Townsville. She was a great woman of God. She was head of the music. She was a very faithful servant for many, many years. I would say she was probably at least 15 years just in our, our local assembly. She was strong in the Lord. She had everything together. She was anointed when she sang and she, she played her guitar. And she was a great defender of the pastor. She loved the pastor. Um, she she um, was one of the first people there in the church 
she had everything together. She was she was following God. She was strong. She was secure. And she was one of the people that you would think, not her. If anyone is going to leave the church, it's not going to be her. And and uh, and but the thing is, along the way, something happened. I know that there were some couple of small things that she was struggling with. They were just small things. But and I don't know whether it was that that just started to fester and then get into her. But it ended up with her leaving the church. She is no longer in the church today. And when Brother Jacobson, our pastor, when he passed away, someone met her um, in, in, the, in the shop or the street and, and said, Oh, are you going to go to Brother Jacobson's funeral? And she said, I can't think of a single reason why I should be there. That is how far the bitterness, the resentment had gone. Don't think that it can't happen to you. It's all about how we respond, how much we surrender. We talked about surrender this morning. We talked about surrendering our hurts. We talked about surrendering our hearts. When we sang, sorry, about surrendering our hearts, that is, is where it has to come from. It has to come from within us because if we let things burn, if we let things get out of hand within our lives, then it's going to drag us down. It's going to take us away from God and we don't want to do that. We don't want to be lost. We don't want to get out of the church. We don't want to be lost when we've put so much into following God over so many years. And... I just wonder if we would look inside our hearts today. Are we committed to God? Are we are we really here in the church or are we just along for the ride? Are are we are we here? Are we truly here? Are we truly following Jesus? Are we are we doing everything we can for him? Are we are we involved in everything we can be in the church? Or do we find excuses? Sometimes there are things that mean we, we can't be where we should be. But then there are other times when we're just using excuses. And we need to look inside us. It's the reason why we're not coming. Is the reason why we're not doing these things. Is it really because that we can't be there? Or is it because we just don't want to be there? Where is our heart this morning? I urge you, I plead with you to stay in the boat. Don't play around at the edges. Don't think that you can hang on by a rope outside the boat. Your arms will get tired eventually. Let Jesus heal your hurts. Don't let them fester and turn to bitterness. Let the church minister to you and allow us to love you. But you've got to let it in. You've got to allow us to do that. You can't just withdraw within yourself. You can't just let the hurt go on. If you feel no love coming from the church, start to look inside yourself because that is where the problem is lying. You've started to withdraw from inside yourself. The church doesn't love you any less than when you first started coming. It's you that has changed. And if you won't allow Jesus and the church to heal these hurts, there's only one possible destination. You see, there's a difference between being in the church building 
and being in the church. You can be here three services a week, be involved in activities, even have your name on the church membership and not be in the church. It's all got to do with your heart and your spirit, not your physical body. You can't earn your way into heaven by your perfect attendance. You can't make yourself worthy of salvation by giving great sums of money to the church. You can't force a close relationship with Jesus by praying for 10 hours a day. You can only be in the church if you're obedient to God's word and you have your heart in the right place. Otherwise, you're like someone who's holding on to the boat by a rope. You're not in the boat, you're just hanging on, you're being taken for a ride. And guess what? The first storm or rough sea that you hit, you're gone. You don't have the protection of the boat because you're not truly inside the boat. Don't think that you're protected in the boat just because you're in the church building. Are you following Jesus or your own thoughts and ideas? Have you surrendered your life fully to Him or is there a part of your life that you refuse to let go? Does He guide and direct your steps or do you just do whatever you want to do? Jesus wants you to be in the boat. That's why He's speaking to you this morning. As we in the, and we as the church, we want you to be in the boat as well. We want everybody to be in the boat. But, It'll be by Jesus' terms and not by yours. You can't just do your own thing and expect that you're going to be in the boat. See, he's the captain. He gets to make the rules. It's the captain's boat. If you don't like his rules, you don't have to abide by them. But you won't be in his ship. You'll be in your own little dinghy of one where you get to make your own rules. After all, you're now the captain. Jonah found himself in a similar situation. He was asked by God to go and preach to Nineveh, a particular people um, in, in Assyria. And so his response to that was to get a ship, to go into a, a ship traveling in the opposite direction. But, and he was going with people who were, were going the same way as him. They were heading in, in that direction and they were following their own gods, their own own thoughts of what God was. And so he was traveling with them. He thought he was safe. He thought he was going to get to his destination. But God had other plans. You see, he was in a boat that was not God's boat. He was in a boat that was trying to go in the opposite direction to where God wanted him to go. And then when the storm came, the only option was for the, the people in the boat to throw him overboard. And so he was thrown overboard. He had no hope and he had no way of surviving in that stormy sea. And so he sank and was swallowed up by a fish. He was in that fish for three days and three nights. Brings a new meaning to the term of sleeping with the fishes although I don't know how much he actually slept. But it was only when he repented in that boat, he cried out to God, he repented and said that he would pay to the Lord his vows, he'd do what 
he had promised he, he would follow God, that God brought him back to shore. He brought him back to a safe place. So you can't go your own way and expect that you're going to be in the will of God. You can't go your own way and expect that you're doing what God wants you to do or that God will be happy with what you are doing. You've got no protection at all. And without the intervention of God, Jonah would have died. Completely outside the will of God. You see, if you're in your own dinghy of one, you won't be protected from the wind, the waves, the storms of life, the predators, the sun, the cold, the strong currents, and the lack of drinkable water. If you try to stay in a dinghy, you'll die sooner rather than later from one of those things. And it's no different spiritually. If you try to survive outside of the church, you'll drown or drift away never to be seen again or get eaten up by bitterness, hate, or the cares of this world. If I could get someone to the piano, please. You see, professionals can easily get hurt or die when they're swimming in the ocean. We saw that in when we, when we talked about that professional swimmer at the beginning of this message. Even when they've got all the gear and make careful preparations. Professionals can get hurt and they can die. But when you're talking about the spiritual, nobody's a professional in keeping their heads above water. You're either in the boat called the church or you'll drown. That's your two options. There is no other option. Jesus can walk on water, even in the stormiest of seas, just because of who he is. In fact, he can't help but walk on the water. But outside of the boat, the church, without Jesus' help, who's going to lift you up spiritually? Who? The world isn't. The world's just going to try to drag you down. They're going to try to bring you to their level. Because anything else, and you're starting to convict them. The people in the church can't because you're not in the boat and you refuse to be in the boat. You've chosen to be outside. You've chosen to be far away from God and his people. Jesus can't because he is the one that made the provision of the boat in the first place. He is the one that invites all to come and be saved from this world and the storms of life. How? By getting in and staying in the boat. That's how he has called us and the provision that he has made. So by staying out and choosing to stay out of the boat, you'll be truly alone, trying to keep yourself spiritually afloat. But how can you tell what is the right direction spiritually without Jesus' help as the chief navigator? How can you keep your head above water without someone or something helping you? Nobody can do it alone. We need Jesus' help and we need the church's help as well. The easiest way to ensure that you're lost spiritually is to leave the church. That's the quickest way. But Jesus is reaching out to someone in particular today. And I don't believe that Jesus is just reaching out to one person. I believe that Jesus is reaching out to many people here this morning. He's giving you a warning. Look at your direction. Look at where you are in the boat. Are you in? Are you out? Are you hanging on by a thread? Jesus is saying, don't leave the church. Please don't leave the church. Let the hurts be healed. Don't let them fester 
Don't let them turn to bitterness. Don't allow rebellion or carnality to take you away from Jesus. There's nothing out there for you. Don't be fooled by the devil who would love you to leave so he can devour you. If you've already left the church in your heart, now is the time to get back in the boat. Please, now, get back in the boat. Please, get back in the boat. Jesus will heal and restore you. But you need to choose to get back in the boat. You need to come with a broken heart. You need to come with a willing spirit and say, Lord, I'm not in the right place. I want to be in the boat. I want to be saved. I want to go to be with you in glory. You need to allow yourself to be healed. If this message is spoken to you, I invite you. I plead with you. Please come to the front of the church. Please pray. Jesus will meet you and the church will pray.